It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Beamaz and Beamer welcoming you into the week on a dreary Monday morning. Thanks for hanging out with us and uh, being around. Joe? Yeah. You're uh, you're here. I'm here. <laughs> Happy to be here. You're uh, but no, you got uh, you, you should be refreshed. You got a little bit of a later start than yeah. what you normally get to you, do. You know, got to sleep in, found out late yesterday that I get to sleep in. So instead of, you know, going to bed at my regular time, I stayed up for that football game. Um, and I agree with you, I was expecting hundreds of yards for Tom Brady. Uh, so was my fantasy team. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, a big letdown. But, you know, it's dreary outside, Brian, but uh, after a Bills win 40 nothing, a game that I didn't like the confidence level going in, uh, I feel pretty good this morning. Yeah. Um, I uh, had fun watching the Bills game. Yeah. I had a lot of fun throughout the whole weekend. I went to, uh, on Saturday morning, I went for the first time, like, ever. I went back to uh, my high school. Oh. I went to Sweet Home to watch uh, the boys' soccer team was playing. I took my son along with me. My old coach was being inducted into the Sweet Home Hall of Fame. Oh, nice. Nice to you And, show up. yeah, so, you know, went there, just checked. There was something, you know, fun and free to do with uh, yeah. my kid, even though, you know, he'll lose interest and he gets... Uh, Did he make it to halftime? <laughs> you know. Uh, well, when you show up, uh, like, uh, 15 minutes into the game, oh. you can easily make it to halftime. That's my thing. You show up late, you leave early, and, you know, you, you catch the meat of it. Right. But I was amazed... At, and I don't know if this is like a thing across the board, if there's like any uh, high school athlete parents out there, they're so good. I'm watching this game, and they're they're kicking the ball. I'm like, these guys are so good. And not just good compared to when I played, because right. I know we were terrible. <laughs> but like good compared to even the good teams that we played. Like nobody played. They play like Barcelona. You know, like playing the ball out the back. Kids are getting the ball at their feet, knowing exactly what they're going to do with it. Yeah, like dummy runs, like little triangles of players all working together, setting up plays like while the ball is in play. And it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Is it because kids play sports year round now? That's yeah. I mean, any sport there is, there's an indoor facility to house that sport. I'm trying to like when I and it wasn't that long ago, like it's not like I'm an ancient person. But, you know, back uh, back in the 70s. Yeah. (laughs) Back in, (laughs) you know, the late 2000s. Yeah. Can I, is that late 2000s? Is that the Mid right 2000s. way to Mid, uh, you know, early 2000s? I don't know. Anyways, um, but back when I was playing, like, we might have had a couple of kids who played outside of just the school year. Right. I would imagine everyone has to if they're playing that good. I mean, they they were tremendous. Oh, I'm sure. When I played lacrosse, we had we had lacrosse season at school, and then we would have the other three seasons. On Sunday nights, we would play at the old Destroyers oh. facility. A uh, spring session, a winter session, and a fall set. I'm sorry, a summer session, a winter session, and a fall session mm-hmm. because spring was obviously the, the season for yeah. lacrosse. We had soccer season and party season. That's when I was <laughs> going to. But, you know, it was cool. Uh, my old coach got inducted in the Hall of Fame. They announced his record at halftime of the game. Like, overall, it was, you know, like 100-something and 40-something and, you know, 12 or whatever. And, like, man, that's like half of his losses are on me. Or, like, our team. <laughs> I was going like, to Despite his, uh, you know, the start with our team, you know, still manages to do that. So that you remember the cool. forty-seven and the twelve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, did that. And then yesterday, yesterday I'm at the gym, 
I walk in, I hear a very familiar voice. I hear Joe Beamer's voice coming out of the shower. But he wasn't there. It was somebody listening to Hardline on the radio. I think that person. Okay, so I, I was a little confused. I'm walking. I got startled at first. I'm like, John, I didn't, didn't know I switched gyms over here. It didn't tell me. He knows I go here. What's the, what's the big idea? But no. D- does your wife know? That someone that you know, there's people listening to you while they're in the shower. <laughs> I did tell her. All right, good. Just uh, double check. But of all segments, you heard the segment where uh, my guest didn't show up, and I'm piecing stuff together. Sounded <laughs> very <great>. unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no. So it was a fun weekend. I saw this, Joe. I was a little uh, taken aback. Uh, Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters uh, frontman, was on CBS this morning, and this is the tweet from at CBS Mornings in his first U.S. TV interview. Rock legend Dave Grohl says, "Every day is a story to me." You know, great quote to take from it. But his first U.S. TV interview—that can't be true. I've seen this guy on TV all the time. Yeah, giving interviews. Yeah, I mean, in, <laughs> what in the last five years, in the last decade, since first, something this week? Yeah. <laughs> First TV interview since Sunday Night Football. Dave Grohl is... Uh... <laughs> I think that's poorly written. I mean, like you said, Dave Grohl, uh, probably on TV a lot, very often, especially back in the day. I don't know. Was I missing something there? I don't. I think they missed something Yeah. when they wrote up that tweet. He's not like a reclusive rock star. He's... You can find him. And after 30 years, he finally decided <laughs> to give that one interview yeah. to CBS. <laughs> it was Nate Burleson convinced him to uh, come over. <laughs> and right. they're asking him the tough questions. I forgot he's on that show. Uh, but no, I've taken it back by that like a few uh, seconds ago. But thanks for being with us. Beam as and Beamer, 803-0930. If you want to weigh in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board or on the phones with us this morning. Uh, you know, a lot going on. Still a lot of... What we kind of left off with uh, last week with that strike still going on, obviously something, Joe, you were talking about yesterday. And we got, you know, in in the middle of the day yesterday, a little bit of news on exactly how that's going. And it doesn't seem to be going very well. No, I, I, Brian, as you know, maybe I'm just naive. I didn't think we'd get to the point of striking on Friday. And I definitely thought we would be pretty close on Monday when both sides agreed to Go back to the negotiation table, but it seems like yesterday uh, they took a step back. I uh, So yesterday, if you missed at all the update throughout the morning, uh, the Mercy Hospital workers strike continuing uh, in its fourth day now. And the two sides did not negotiate over the weekend. They were supposed to yesterday morning. But here's where the uh, the complications come. The union says they were ready to resume negotiations 10 a.m. Sunday. But Catholic health officials didn't show up. Catholic health officials say they had their negotiation ready to go, not only with us, but from, you know, labor boards and everybody. We were ready to go on Zoom virtually, but the union didn't show up. Now, Catholic health officials saying we're negotiating virtually because of the aggressive picket line tactics that the union is doing outside of Mercy Hospital. We are scared for our own well-being. The union said, we're not going to negotiate over Zoom. We're only going to do these things in person. So after all of that, what you get is nothing happening over the weekend. No, we're we're actually worse than where we left you on Friday, if you ask me, because now you've got both sides accusing the other uh, of not showing up. And um, we we did hear about the things happening with the picket line over the weekend, the replacement workers getting getting heckled as they walk into work. I mean, things to be expected. Um, But obviously, 
what they want you to think is a miscommunication at 10 o'clock yesterday, uh, I'm guessing both sides are just showing, hey, we're not, we're not backing down. This is what we wanted. You wanted to meet at 10. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there was an understanding and something, uh, something happened at 10 o'clock, and it was not the negotiation. See, I think this is, and you kind of said, to be expected when it comes to uh, the replacement workers getting heckled on their way in. And, you know, depending on how you look at things... Um, You know, there's some video or photos of people blocking workers from getting in. I kind of tend to look at that and say, well, was anybody actually being blocked? Was it kind of like a for show standing in front of a car for a second and then kind of letting way for that? to go? So, you know, depending on how you are viewing the situation, might kind of look at how you're viewing that. But I, I think this is interesting. And we talked about this a little bit Friday, Joe, when it comes to. This particular strike, when you're dealing with the healthcare industry, how things are just a little bit different than, say, uh, when it happens in the auto industry or in any other line of work. I think, generally speaking, from you know the people I've I've heard, from comments I read on the internet, from just talking to people over the weekend, and you know even not just this weekend, but even kind of leading up to this strike, generally speaking, most of the public is behind the nurses in some way, shape, or form. Yes. I think it's not at all, you know, out on a limb to say that the majority of people are kind of in the camp of, yes, we should pay our nurses more. Uh, Yes, we should treat them well. There, There should be more hospital staff. More is better than less when it comes to taking care of people in the hospital. And generally speaking, you know, without getting into the nuts and bolts of it, I, on the big, broad topics, I think people are kind of behind the nurses, you, you know, so to speak. Now, where this becomes a little difficult, and, and I think, and here's our half of our show, Joe, PR 101, um, <laughs> but where I think you might run into some problems if you are the union is with some of the things that might happen out on the picket line, especially when it comes to those replacement workers. Now, I think in a normal strike situation, right, if we were talking about auto workers, if we're talking, you know, you name it, and somebody's crossing the picket line and they're heckled to an extent they're, you know, I, I don't want to say things thrown at them. That's obviously crossing a line. But, you know, you can kind of picture it in your head what the scene would be. Right. It's not a warm reaction to people going into work. I think in a normal strike situation, that's almost to be expected. Not much is made out of it. But this not being quite that normal strike situation, when you're talking about a hospital and you are talking about replacement workers going in to take care of patients inside of that hospital. Right. And these not these are workers who are not um, – you can't really compare it to another industry where they're saying, oh, you know, whatever, I'll take your job if you don't want it. I'm crossing this picket line. I don't care. You know, I don't need a union. We'll just go in here. We'll do the job that you're not doing. I, that's not the attitude – at least from what I'm getting of a replacement nurse or a replacement worker inside this hospital. These people are there because at the end of the day, there is an essential job that needs to be done, and there are other people 
who are counting on somebody to do it. And even, I think, from the comments I've seen, I would say that most of these replacement workers are supportive of yes. the workers on the picket line. Uh, for one, without striking hospital workers, there would be no need for all the replacement workers, right? There would be no need for these staffing agencies. But two, you know, they are nurses themselves. They understand the situation. Yep. They understand how tough it is. I think where you start to turn that is if you do get a little aggressive, if you do, you know, hurl the insults, if it does become kind of this shouting match of, you know, nobody cross our line, uh, you know, we're if you appear to be blocking or too aggressive out there, that is where you might risk losing some of the support. Because while people generally support nurses, and I think that is, again, after talking with people in the area where most people are landing, you do run the risk of saying we're being a little outrageous or ridiculous here if we're going to have a negative attitude toward anybody who's going in this hospital to help people. It's that uneasy feeling, Brian, because as you said, I mean, you can divert ambulances now. You can suspend surgeries now. But no matter what, it's a hospital. There are still patients there. It's not like a factory that you can shut down while there is a strike going on. So people do have to be in that hospital. And like you said, I'm sure most of those replacement nurses are on the side of, of the, those picketing. They know the conditions. Believe me, I've done eight hours of programming of people calling in, talking about the conditions inside hospitals. All around the region, they know what's going on. They know the conditions. But like you said, it's a job that needs to be done. There are people that can't just walk out of the hospital. They're already there. They need the care. And if there's videos start to pop up, and it is 2021, everyone's got a video mm -hmm. camera. Uh, if those videos start to pop up, I'm not going to say you're losing the support, but it will make people feel uneasy. And to your, your first point about how this is most people uh, support the union. I mean, over the weekend, we saw politicians from the left and the right. How, how rare is that in 2021? Mm -hmm. We've seen members from the Democrat Party. We've seen people, Republicans, in front of the hospital with those picketing. So this is something that most in the community are with the nurses. But I think if you get more of these, again, hurling insults, that's to be expected. But if it gets more aggressive, I do think you um, you risk to lose some of that support. Yeah. And, and just having that mindset, Joe, you mentioned there's always going to be a camera on. Yeah. You know, somebody tell Urban Meyer, there's always going to be a camera on you in 2021. <laughs> Just kind of knowing that and saying that any picture being taken can also be taken out of context. If you yeah. have a picture of a crowd that looks very angry and is, you know, ow, riled up and, and you're all together, that can be uh, posted and said, well, here's the angry mob, right? right? I, I mean, it's very easy to take a picture uh, out of context, or maybe it is in context, maybe it is. But I, I just think that's something that you definitely have to be aware of if you're in that situation, that you are getting your point across by a, uh, you know, I, I hate to uh, draw the comparisons to a protest or something like that, but a, a, a picket without the shouting and screaming, you know, somebody's chiming in on our text board, 8030930. I was an office worker who had to cross the GM picket line a few years ago. And every day there were people spitting on the car, screaming at me. And, you know, I don't, right. again, I don't want to say that that's, um, you know, totally acceptable, but it's almost expected. The difference is here uh, when you have that vitriol towards somebody who's going into a hospital to provide potentially life-saving service, 
you can expect the reaction from the public to be a little bit. I think the public supports nurses. They also support the nurses who are currently in Mercy Hospital yep. right now working. And it's just something right to, I don't know, maybe keep in mind as this grow as this kind of drags out uh, even more, which, you know, drags out. It's kind of funny to say that it hasn't even been a week. But in this situation when most people not only um, uh, didn't expect it to get to this point, but would have expected something to be resolved or at least some talks to happen. It does kind of feel like it's dragging out. Well, in this uh, situation, dragging, I mean, you're talking about a hospital, like you said, you're talking about patients that might need life-saving care. Every hour is dragging out. It's a very different situation than your typical pro or, uh, strike. Somebody uh, else chiming in. I have a couple texts on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board um, about the neighbors around, you know, losing patience at the conduct. And, you know, all these things are going to happen. And it's just something that you have to keep in mind when you're going into this situation. Right. A part of the situation is rallying support. I mean, that's the whole reason you're out in front there, rallying the support of the public. But making patients feel afraid. Um, you know, kind of being an annoyance to the community around that, you know, hurts it just a little bit. Anytime you act in a way where you're giving the other side fuel to say that you are not negotiating in good faith is not going to work in your favor in the long run. Right. That's I mean, not only will the conduct start losing uh, support, especially from those that live around the hospital. But if you continuously don't get go to the negotiating table and I mean, Brian, you said it perfectly. This is PR versus PR. Who's got the better PR in the end? And if if it keeps on sounding like you're not going to the negotiation table, you're avoiding talking with the other side, uh, the community will start to turn. Uh, and that's just, that's the sad fact. Not that they're not, not going to be on the side of nurses, but if they believe the union's not acting in good faith, if they believe that the union has this angry, as you said, this angry mob outside the hospital, uh, people will start to turn and say, okay, we need to come to a deal. It's like any protest that goes on. You can be protesting for the most noble, righteous cause ever that everybody agrees with, but you block traffic on a main route. Whoever's stuck in that traffic all of a sudden is looking at you like, I'm never supporting you again, right? <laughs> Just because of the minor inconvenience. But, but it is something to keep in mind. And wanting to know what uh, people's thoughts are on this. 803-0930 is where you can join us throughout the rest of our show and, of course, uh, with uh, Joe even longer after this hour. Beam as and Beamer on WBEN. It's Beam as and Beamer. Now Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. How's it going, Joe? Yeah, it's going. Talking a lot about the strike during the break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so we've uh, we're kind of focusing in, and you can weigh in eight zero three zero nine three zero, giving us a call, or on our Volkswagen Vorchard Park text board throughout the morning on the ongoing strike at Mercy Hospital over the weekend. If you don't know what happened, uh, basically nothing. Uh, but why did nothing happen? Well, the two sides were supposed to meet yesterday morning but not even agreeing how to meet right now. So the progress is uh, almost going backwards as opposed to where we were on Friday at this time. Uh, union reps said they were ready to resume negotiations. Catholic Health said they were as well, except the union says we'll only do it in person. Catholic Health officials said they were only willing to conduct negotiations virtually because of what they called aggressive 
picket line tactics. A union saying no virtual negotiations. This has to be done in person. Uh, too important to be done over Zoom. So where do you go from here? And, you know, what about the picket line? You know, what, what is the uh, <laughs> I, the correct way to run a picket? It's a weird question, right? But like, what's how, the way to conduct yourself in a picket line? Where's I mean, it's a fine line. No, you know, no pun intended. I got it. But you know, between um, being egregious w- with everything and you know being vocal and, and letting the world know about why you're out there and why you're not on the job. And I really, it's got to be tough. I say all this, Joe, because I can't imagine myself on a picket line. No. It has to be easy to be carried away. You know, there's some people texting in throughout the break on our Volkswagen and Vorture Park text board of, you know, somebody saying that picketers have lost their minds. And I kind of, like, go back to think of, you know, I, I picture myself at a Bills game, right? And, like, how crazy, you know, <laughs> just imagine, like, you acting at a uh, at a Bills game uh, anywhere else, right? right. Like <laughs> screaming, yelling, like banging on seats. You know, you're walking into somewhere, like you're yelling at people, like you're, you're shouting. Someone's got a, jer- a Jets jersey on, you're booing. Yeah, just, you know, all that stuff, like you you, you kind of lose your mind, right? Yeah. Going into that atmosphere. I, I would imagine I would be the exact same way if I was on a picket line, right? I'd be holding a sign, there'd be music, someone would be with a bullhorn, you'd be yelling, shouting. Do you bring a cooler to the picket line? Yeah, probably, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> But you'd be out there, and and you kind of get into the swing of things, and you get rowdy, and yeah. you, you get really upset. And this is more than just a game. This is your livelihood. Right. So, of course, you're going to be so emotionally invested that, you know, maybe you are taking away a little bit from the end goal that you're trying to accomplish. Right, because like you said, it's not a game. This is your livelihood. You do want your um, concerns to be taken seriously. You do, you do uh, risk crossing that line, again, no pun intended, crossing that line if you get too rowdy. You want to be taken seriously. Yes, you want people to know, hey, I'm angry. This is ridiculous. Look at these conditions. Look what I have dealt with. Eight patients to one nurse. That's uncalled for. It's absurd. It's not safe for the patients. We get it. But then the way you conduct yourself in the line really does risk if people stop taking you as seriously, mm-hmm. uh, are you out there because you want these changes or are you out there because you want to make a scene? Because, as we said in the first segment right now, Joe, I, I don't think it's out there to say that most people are, are viewing this. And this is, comes from people who I talk to, uh, people who have both called in here, comments I read online. Um, it's just, you know, kind of the general consensus of this that most people would look at the situation and say, yes, our nurses deserve more. They should get all the help they need. I, as a prospective patient, who knows what's going to happen one day to the next? You know, you could be uh, hit by a car walking down the street. I want the best care that I could possibly get if I'm taken to a hospital. Uh, You know, it should be all hands on deck. I hope there's a lot of hands to be on deck. And for the work they do, they deserve more money. But the longer this goes on, uh, you kind of, when you look at both sides and you have the images in front of you every day, or maybe you're driving down the street, you live near there, or you work right uh, near Mercy Hospital, and you see what's going on, and it, it becomes less about the nurses and the face you put on it is more the people you see on the street. And if those faces are angry and yelling and you know doing these kind of things, then it might turn a little bit. And I really think that is the only thing 
in this negotiation that you know maybe the people on the picket line should be aware of. And a lot of people chiming in on the text board to say that the entire situation just kind of reeks of uh, posturing by one side or another to where if there was a negotiation to go on, it should happen at neutral ground like most negotiations at other union strikes. So if Catholic Health is worried about the aggressive picket line tactics, they shouldn't be because any negotiation should be taking place somewhere else. You know, it should be at a you know a business way far away from Mercy Hospital somewhere in a conference room uh, to where you're away from and you're taking a step back away from all the emotion that's involved on the front line. And I know a conference room that hasn't been used in 18 months. So if they need a, if they need a neutral site, we can offer up our spaces <laughs> right here. We have plenty of space available for people. But no, I, I think that's where it stands right now. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. 8030930. But I, you know, would you say you're anytime you've talked about this situation uh, on the air or off over the last few days, is that the same? Do you get a different vibe than what I get? No, no, I I, I get the vibe that the the not only is the community behind uh, behind the uh, strikers, but that uh, there are people who who would never take the side. I've I talked I've talked to numerous people who say they would never take the side of the union. And in this situation, not only would they take the side, but because of the help they've gotten while in the hospital, Brian, as you mentioned, um, they would actually go and join the picket line because they do think that it's getting to the point of ridiculous what these uh, nurses are faced with. It might seem a little strange to word it like this, but I do think that, and if part of this is to you to gain the support of the public and uh, you know to kind of have the public rallying behind you, I do think that that is one you kind of hit on it there, Joe, where, you know, unions nowadays, people have such, you know, strong views, a pro or anti-union, whether that's based in any experience or not or any reality or not. You know, it's one of those things that kind of you have this tribal reaction to at this point in time. And I think the less you make it about the union and the more you make it about the workers, the more successful you are in gathering that support from the public. And that is the one risk that you have is the longer you're on the picket line, the longer you're talking about the union, the union instead right. of the nurses, the hospital workers, uh, then it starts to change a little bit. And people go from saying, oh, I'm supporting our nurses to, oh, it's a union that's, <laughs> you know, it, it does have a different feel. It, you, you talked about the language over the weekend on social media, uh, the, the, the talk we had here on Friday. Uh, Brian, most people are saying, I support the nurses. Like you said, no one is right now. Or not many people are saying, I'm with the union. I'm, they're not even saying CWA. They're saying, I support the nurses to have better mm -hmm. working conditions to take care of a loved one, to take care of me if I may end up in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones. Tim in Buffalo, you're on WBEN. Hi, how are you? Hey, doing well. What's on your mind, Tim? Well, I appreciate you guys being on there. Um, I, in the past, have been part of the union, and I, and I see that the union sometimes doesn't necessarily work. And if you think about Trico, which was a large uh, company here, my mother was actually a union steward. And underneath, the company had sold everything to Mexico um, underneath all these workers. I don't necessarily believe in the union, but I do believe in the people. And the people have paid into the union, so their funding is part of the union. So they have to necessarily talk about it, just like 
example, Buffalo Bills are part of a team. And they don't just say we're the team. They say we're the Buffalo Bills. Same thing when they say we're nurses, but we're part of this union. It has to be one and the same. And I think these nurses do deserve more. I, when I was younger, worked in a nursing home as an aide. I know how hard it is for these nurses. If you're understaffed, you're sweating, they're asking you to work overtime. It's just, it's just a horrible thing. And if you've never been a nurse, never been in the hospital, um, you know, just like never been a professional football player, where's your opinion? It should be nowhere because you've never done it. And if you've never done it, then how do you have an opinion about something you've never done or seen or even been part of? And that's where I think people need to understand that if you've never done the job, you can have an opinion, but it really doesn't hold weight unless you've done the job. And once you've done the job, you had experience and hard work. And I think the longer they stay out there, it's sad the company doesn't care. Um, if they do care, they'd be back in negotiation, just like you said, maybe in a neutral place, um, which makes things a little easier on both sides. And that's really my comment. Hey, Tim, appreciate the comment, appreciate the call and the thoughts uh, right there. I, um, I'm trying to kind of uh, think through this. And, the, you know, the one thing you said about if you haven't done the job, it's tough to have a really good opinion on it. How many things could that apply to? Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. How many things uh, do we say that about, you know, day in and day out where you don't really have that understanding? And I do think that that is something where I um, – you could be talking about any number of things. I mean, the easiest thing is service, right? If you go out to eat somewhere and you can kind of tell, like, who's worked this type of job before and who hasn't, right, <laughs> amongst your table. Oh, yes, uh, yes. It, it, and, you know, how people talk about service. And, Ooh. yeah, that it is one of these things where if, you, if you've never done the job, you don't quite understand. And, you know, your opinion does hold a, a little bit less weight on it. You bring up a, a great example, Brian. Going out to uh, to have a meal with a large group of people, you can definitely tell who's worked food service, who's worked customer service, and who never worked either of those jobs. Uh, I remember a family reunion when we had about 18 people at a table. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's going to be a longer order, right? They want to bring the food all out at once. And let's just say an aunt of mine who's never worked in either field uh, was complaining just a little too much yeah. <laughs> about the, the the slowness. It's like, well, there's there's 18 meals. We all got an appetizer. It's going to be a while, yeah. you know. It, but you're right. It, it, you can definitely tell in those situations who's done what and who hasn't. But the, I mean, it is a it's a very different type of strike than anything else, than any other factory, than any other can't compare it to industry. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, maybe um, a, a teacher strike would be something similar yeah. to this, to where. When we're talking about uh, there is general support for the nurses, right? There's general support for the workers to be treated better. At the same time, while you would expect, okay, there's support for us, that means we're going to, you know, don't cross our picket line. Don't, you know, go in. We're, we're not supporting the replacements. I, you know, this is one, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe a, a you know, a, teacher strike would be the other example that you could come up with where it's like hang on a second you know all right in other industries you know you could see yeah you know we stand with you guys but we're talking about an essential job somebody has to do it right and while we support you being out here somebody has to go in there and take care of these patients just if it was a school somebody would have to go in there and uh, and teach the kids while you're out here 
And my, my question to those who have heckled the replacement workers, what do you expect to happen? I mean, yeah. what do you expect those the, the, for the patients to happen? And I'm not trying to be, I'm not meaning any offense by asking that question, but honestly, what do you expect of the patients? Do you want no nurses to take care of the patients that have been in the hospital? Obviously, no new patients are going in, but there are patients that were there. They can't leave. I, I, my, my question is, what would you expect um, for those patients if you're just going to heckle the replacement workers? And again, I, I support the nurses. I, I think the things we have heard over the last few weeks, just awful work situations. But come on, you got to be reasonable. And the price tag on these replacements may be making your demands look more reasonable by the day. That's right. Uh, you know, depending on them. Uh, let's go to John. You're on WBEN. What's on your mind? Hey, I just wanted to make a comment. I support these nurses 100%. But I have a relative um, who is in a one of their nursing facilities can't fend for themselves and i was there yesterday visiting their dinner was almost two hours late they hadn't been bathed in two days the help the people just aren't there to take care of these people now this is not like a strike at a steel plant this is human services that most of these people nurses took an oath when they when you graduate nursing school you take that oath just like the doctors do and like you're saying, yeah, this is not exactly the kind of thing that you should be out in front. There's people that depend on these people to help them with their daily needs. I mean, my relative can't, can barely speak, got dementia and Alzheimer's, can't spend for themselves. I hate, I went there yesterday, their bedding was all off their bed, so I'm assuming nobody, uh, there was nobody even there to talk to. They were all, what, what staff was there was trying to take care of who they were, but my relative was obviously not properly cared for that day. Um, I don't see it getting any better. But I, like I said, I, I, it's great that they're out, you know, supporting each other's striking. But having everybody out of the buildings and not taking care of the patients that they have, it just strikes me the wrong way. I, like I said, I support them 100%. Their working conditions are absolutely horrible. What they get paid is absolutely horrible for what they have to do. But on the other hand, there's people, my family depends on them to help take care of my family members. Kind of all I got to say. Yeah. Hey, John, uh, appreciate it. I, I think, John, uh, that is going to get more and more echoed as this goes on. And again, I, I hope that they can come to an agreement by the end of today. It'd be nice if they can come to an agreement between 10 and 2. Um, but I think that's going to be echoed as more people are affected or as more people hear stories like John's of, yeah, I agree with you, but I have you know a loved one in that hospital that needs the needs the care needs a nurse by their side needs dinner needs to be bathed needs to have their their their, their bed sheets changed though those are going to get echoed john more stories like yours are going to come out and, and i just i i i think that those in the picket line and we're not saying that everyone's yelling at people walking in these are just you know incidents that we've heard of over the weekend i think there's going to be less tolerance for that as we go on yeah i i guess the way to and john pretty much summed it up there but the way to describe this is it's probably a rare occasion where, in general, you get the feeling people are supportive of the strike, but they're not supportive of those normal strike tactics. Right. Right. Where normally, you would, if you are supportive of a strike, you kind of uh, ride along with all this other stuff. 
But this is one of the cases. You can be supportive of the strike, but when it comes to all of these things that, you know, strikes have become known for, the intense picketing outside, um, you know, any booing of replacements coming in, any blocking of anybody coming in, or, you know, even you know, spewing negative words. And I'll, I'll see this. This, By the way, I'm, I'm just saying general popular opinion. This doesn't go for everybody. I have read some Internet comments over the, you know, which, <laughs> of course, right? Uh, internet comments. Right. Not, the, not the place to go for a level-headed take on things. But of people <laughs> who are, you know, yeah, you know, tell them what's up, uh, scabs, you know, get them out of here. It's like, you know, hold on a second. These are people coming in to take care of your neighbors. Yep. You know, let's just uh, hang out, uh, hang on for a second, and keep that in mind, that these are people who are coming in to do a job that absolutely needs to be done. Um, You know, maybe, was it the sanitation workers in New York City went on strike maybe 10 years ago or so that I'm uh, trying to remember that? And that's, you know, one where, I mean, even one day, you know, one day without the sanitation workers right. in New York City. And you can see just, oh, it just all, go- and maybe that's the line, right? That's the one where, okay, we're going to do one day without them. We're not going to bring in any replacements. It's not something where, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's going to be the end of the world if one day without replacements goes, but you are definitely going to notice. In a city like New York? And you're you're going to uh, come to an agreement sooner rather than later. Yep. Um, I, I think people are definitely noticing what's going on at Mercy Hospital. I would think that would bode well for coming to an agreement sooner rather than later. At the same time, just to, you know, if you're on that line, it's something to keep in mind that yeah, is this the right way to continue to win over the public because like, they're on your side right now. Like you said, yes. Yeah, a majority of the public is going to work today uh, supporting the the nurses. Um, but like Brian said, there's got to be different picket line tactics in this situation because you do have to realize that not just anyone can walk into that hospital and take care of those patients. They, they do have to be nurses. There have to be people that know what they're doing. And uh, again, I would, I would argue that if we took a poll of the people that are walking in there to help out while you're on strike, a majority, if not all of them, support you. I know any nurse I know on social media all weekend, it has been about how they support, you know, they put their hospital, uh, you know, on a sign and say they support those that are picketing. So you have not only the not only the nurse community, but you have most in Western New York agreeing with you. The longer you drag this out and the more of these tactics people hear of, you're going to lose that support. And that doesn't bode well at the negotiation table. Yeah, uh, kind of seems that way. Uh, we'll go to Frank on WBEN. How's it going? Good morning, gentlemen. You know, one thing I haven't heard about here or anywhere else, really, is how the the mandates have literally, literally contributed to breaking their own law. And the law I'm talking about is S-1168. It was passed in July. It was founded from the law or the bills that were presented to the legislators after the nursing homes. We're seeing all these deaths and fatalities and uh, groups fought for this, you know, tooth and nail. I mean, groups local like the SOS Save Our Seniors 716 group, Compassionate Caregivers group, uh, all these other groups, they fought for it. They introduced S3330. And they introduced A1532. They took those, those legislators, they took those, and they were supposed to be to establish safe staffing ratios. 
you know, so many people for so many patients in nursing homes, hospitals, and, and the like. And they, they tweaked it and they morphed it into S1168, which, you know, watered it down. But it's still a law right now that they have committees that establish those ratios and that the Department of Health go in and make sure that they're following their own re- regulations and mm-hmm. ratios. Frank, I, Frank, we understand the thing. We're tight on time, and that's a little bit. That's not exactly the same thing that we're talking about here. Pat in Buffalo, you're on WBEN. Hello? Hello, hey, what's Pat. going on? Oh, this is Pat. I got three comparisons for you. All right. Okay. Let's go with the highest first. Executives, politicians, uh, uh, company owners, and everything else, they always tell the people they don't have the budget to give them what they request for cost of living. But every time at the end of the year, they always get a massive bonus. It's never disclosed what they get, but all these corporations, politicians, and everything always get that bonus. Now, the, uh, as far as senior citizens, they turn around and they say the cost of living for the senior citizens. $20 is not the cost of living, nor is it the cost of living nowadays for these other servants serving the communities and everything else to be able to survive. And, and everybody is overlooking that concept. I used to be in the union. I, I know what it's like. And I know back in the day, you didn't lose any of any of your package when you renegotiated. Nowadays, they just take, 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 take. And everybody should understand this. If you were ever in a union, you lose a lot because everybody wants to take back before they give it to you. And in the long run, you ain't making nothing. Hey, Pat, uh, sorry that we have to run, but appreciate the comments and the call this morning. You know, a lot of thoughts on and you we'll see what happens and what the response is from the nurses. Right. After. I mean, eventually a deal will take place. I'm not sure. Right. Where where exactly uh, that's going to go. But eventually that will happen. And we'll see if Pat is, you know, correct on that. We'll see if uh, there is some uh, how much giving and taking there is in the situation, whether it is acceptable in the long run to the nurses out there. Conversation continues. We'll be talking about this next here on News Radio 930 WBEN.